And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are all having a splendid day, a fantastic day. I hope wherever you are, probably in school, because today was the universal go back to school day. I'm in the same boat, I'm recording this after school. So again, hope you guys are doing fantastic. Follow all the socials, they'll be linked down below. If you just can't get enough of the tailgate podcast, if that's the case, then go do all that stuff. If not, don't sweat it, and we will get right into it. Let's go. Hype for this podcast. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I'm going gonna, gonna to give the outline pretty soon. Going to let the intro fizzle out, and then once we get to that point, I will give the outline for the day. I'm, I'm so excited. I cannot, I cannot express to you guys how excited I am for this podcast. It is going to be a ton of fun. We are going to talk a lot about football. I'm going to have the hot takes spewing as I normally do. You guys know this by now, though. Full of the hot takes for your guys' enjoyment. And then we... Let's go. All right, so as you guys know, the NFL regular season has come to a close. We are all done. Week 17, done. The playoffs, though. The The most important part, the playoffs are set. We have the seeds figured out. One through seven, each conference, we are ready to go. So, I'm going to read off the standings first and then the games that are going to happen. So, starting off in the AFC, we have number one, the 14-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs. And then, we have the number two, 13-3 Buffalo Bills. Coming in at three, we have the 12-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that everybody thought was going to end up being number one after being undefeated for 10 or 11 straight weeks, whatever it was. At number four, we have the 11-5 Tennessee Titans. At number five, we have the also 11-5 Baltimore Ravens. At number six, get this, another 11-5 team, the Cleveland Browns. At number seven, I bet you can guess what their record is. It's 11-5, the Indianapolis Colts. So the last four seeds, all 11-5 in really only two games separating uh, the two seed from the six, sorry, seven seed. Uh, I, I'm excited, though. We're, this is going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to give my takes, my picks for all three games in the AFC. And then I'm going to read off the conference and the standings for the NFC. The, they're, usually I, I put um, like timestamps for when I do each conference. And those will be there this time, too. I'll give you timestamps for each segment of the podcast. But really, this is just going to be one segment. This is going to be AFC predictions and NFC predictions for this week. And then we all do, obviously do my predictions for next week too but I want also I want to also give the lines because the opening line for each game is very interesting to me extremely interesting actually uh but let's get right into it we're gonna start off with the number two Buffalo Bills versus the number seven Indianapolis Colts the over under set at 51 and a half the way I like to think about over under is like both teams score 25 right and then you get 50, so 26 to 25, or 27 to 25, would then break the over-under, and you can kind of mess with it like that, you know, 30 to 20, stuff like that, that's kind of where I think the over and under comes from, and the Bills are favored by six and a half, so almost a touchdown over the Indianapolis Colts, so I'm going to ask you guys whether you think that is too much, too little, or right where it should be, in my opinion, I don't think it's enough. I think the Bills are one of, if not the hottest team in the NFL right now, they deserve all the respect in the world. And this team, they're rolling. They looked good. They put up 56 
points against the number one scoring defense in the NFL, Miami Dolphins, yesterday. They made Tua look like a rookie, which is what Buffalo has been doing well all season. They make rookies look like rookies, where sometimes... Rookies can run rampant. We've seen Justin Herbert throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. We've seen him do that six times this season. Uh, Joe Burrow, before he got hurt, was on pace to break almost every single rookie record, as Justin Herbert did. That would have been such a fun race to watch, Herbert and Burrow, to see which quarterback would have come out on top. That would have been fun to see. But, you know, alas, we're not able to see that because of Burrow's injury. Look, I don't think Buffalo's favorite right enough. If I were a betting man, I would bet the... The Buffalo Bills to cover the six and a half point spread. Personally, I'd put Buffalo right around seven. Mm, no, not seven. Sorry, I, I put them right around nine, nine and a half. I think Buffalo is going to win decisively against this Colts team, which honestly, they kind of limped into the playoffs. People, I, I don't think people realize like, yeah, the Colts finished off f- winning four out of the last five games, but the competition was not that great. They they faced a a Texans team which finished out the season four and twelve. They faced them twice, a Raiders team, which towards the end of the season, we all knew was reeling. They couldn't get anything going, and they were spiraling out of control. A Steelers team, again, another team spiraling out of control, uh, losing three out of four games at one point, and then facing the Jaguars week 17 and beating them by two touchdowns. So, look, this Colts team may may say, and just for reference, before the Texans game, after the winning four to five, they lost to the Titans by three scores. So, this team in no way is a hot football team, or I should say is as hot as the Buffalo Bills who are coming into the playoffs at 13-3. and three. Uh, I, I don't think Buffalo's lost a game in over five weeks. Uh, no, they have not. Buffalo won their last six weeks of the season, and then lost to the, the seven weeks ago, they lost to Arizona Cardinals <laughs> on the DeAndre Hopkins play, which is unreal. And if you take that game and you give them a win there, then they've won their last 10 games in a row. And then their, their loss after that would have been to the Chiefs, the best team in the NFL, and before that would have been to the Titans, and we all know what happened during that Titans game when they, the practices were all screwed up, and the dates were all screwed up for the games, and all that good stuff. I commend the Buffalo Bills for how well they have played this season. They have looked like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Josh Allen putting in a good, a like a solid gaze for winning MVP. Stephon Diggs leading the league in receiving yards with five, 1,000 535, 127 catches, along with eight touchdowns. The run game, it wasn't fantastic. I don't. Th- I think people kind of, you know, rag on the run game a little bit too much. I mean, they ran for 1,700 yards this year. It, it's by no means top of the NFL at all. I think it's actually bottom 10 in the NFL, but I, I think the duo of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss was pretty solid. I'm going to fact check it right now to see. Uh, where they did rank with rushing yards per game, but look, I don't, I don't think it was awful. So Buffalo was, yeah, they were twentieth, so they were bottom twelve. Look, this team was better. Uh, they over averaged one hundred and thirty rushing yards per game over their last three weeks, which actually equals out to I think twelfth in the NFL, maybe thirteenth. Uh, it wasn't bad. They they were not a bad rushing team towards the end of the season, and I think that they're going to carry. This momentum, not running momentum, but just momentum as a whole, into the playoffs, they're going to roll through the, the, the Colts pretty easily, uh, which is going to take me into my next game, the number three Pittsburgh Steelers versus the number six Cleveland Browns. Look, everybody who lives outside of Pittsburgh hates the Steelers. And for a long time as a Patriots fan, 
Uh, I would say from the years of 2015 to 2017, the AFC Championship was normally the Patriots versus the Steelers, with the exception of the Broncos making it one, that one year. The Patriots and the Steelers, they were the teams to beat in the AFC. Normally, the Patriots were the team to beat, but Steelers were a close number two every single year. So I kind of have, that's really when I started to look at the analytics, look at the stats, look at the individual players and see everything about the NFL rather than just, ooh, go Patriots, stuff like that. That's when I really started to get into the NFL. I grew up to hate the Steelers. That's what normal Patriots fan, at the age of what I am, Patriots fans who are my age, they grew up to also hate the Steelers. I don't I don't hate the Steelers right now because every single person hates the Steelers. I'm not a big Ben Roethlisberger fan, but honestly, people give Chase Claypool, Juju, and uh, the other guy, forget his name right now, um, Jonathan Johnson, they give them way too much hate, namely just Claypool and Juju. Look, they're out there having fun. They're trying to make the most out of a bad year and a season with no fans. And I just don't understand why you guys are trying to just reduce everything they're doing into negatives. I just personally don't understand it. I know not everybody does, but I'm assuming that at least one or two people out there listening to this podcast right now probably don't like the Steelers. And honestly, I would just ask you to please just like try to rethink why you don't like the Steelers. If it's because everybody else doesn't like it or it's because you think that, uh, you know, the dancing on the logos and the making TikToks is really that detrimental to the NFL. Personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but again, it's my opinion. It's your opinion. I respect you. Uh, and all that good stuff. So, after that little tangent, like I said, number three, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the number six, Cleveland Browns. Here are my takes. Steelers favored by three and a half. The over-under is set at around 47. So, I think they think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Uh, both teams scoring, on average, under 25 points. I see it, though. I, I really do. I, I don't think... I think this is a, a bad matchup for both teams. You know, the, the Cleveland Browns do have a, a, a good run defense versus a Steelers team, which cannot run the ball. But they try to. The Steelers have have been trying to run the ball. They just can't. And, yeah, Pittsburgh is dead, second last in the last three games in rushing yards per game. And they ranked dead last in the NFL for rushing yards per game. They obviously can't get anything going, but they still try. They, they're still averaging anywhere from 15 to 20 attempts a game. So this Cleveland run defense is going to completely suffocate them. And if Denzel Ward is back... They're gonna fa- they're gonna make a 38 year old Ben Roethlisberger try to throw the ball to a declining wide receiver core. Obviously, Chase Claypool had a great game. Deontay Johnson, I think, had another several catch game. I'm assuming, but outside of that, I mean, Juju was okay. Caught a touchdown. I don't know. I think if you if you add in the last five weeks, this team has not been playing very well. When you uh, account for actually receiving the ball, like, yeah, yesterday Juju had six catches, sixty five yards on touchdown. Deontay Johnson, I'm sorry, he had three catches for ninety six yards though, almost had a hundred yard game. Vance McDonald got in the mix. James Conner added five catches to the known, and Chase Claypool led the way with five catches for over a hundred yards and a touchdown. But if you if if you look at the games before this, they really couldn't get anything going receiving the ball, as you can see by the three losses in four weeks that they had. I think this is a better matchup for Cleveland, though. If I'm going to, I think it's a bad matchup for both teams. But if I were to pick who it's a better matchup for, I'd probably go with Cleveland. With that being said, though, I don't trust Baker Mayfield in the playoffs yet. I, like, I, I really haven't trusted Baker Mayfield much this entire season. I know the stats point to him being a competent quarterback and actually having a relatively good season. But personally, 
I just I'm not sold on him just yet. I, I think I need him to put in a a year of high level consistent play before I jump on the Baker Mayfield can win a few playoff game train because I'm just not there yet. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I'll say a score of 28 to 24. That, that's what I'll say. I don't. I, I think Pittsburgh commands this game. I, I don't think they completely shut out the Browns. I, I think Baker will get a few scores. I think him, Jarvis Landry, that run game will get cooking at some point because there's no way you can stop that run game for an entire game. We've seen it all year that they're going to get going at some point, whether it's the first quarter, third quarter, or late in the fourth quarter. They will get going. Yesterday, we saw them get going in the first quarter. Nick Chubb ripped off a 40 or 50-yard touchdown uh, to open the game. And honestly, that was that was really the that was the breaker right there. That was the the uh, the score that ended up winning them the game because they won twenty four to twenty two. Obviously, there were a few scores, but in my opinion, that was the one that kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. I will say though, you know, add Big Ben off of a bye week because he basically had a bye week. You add him off of a bye into that when you have two weeks to prepare for this Cleveland team. You saw what they did yesterday. I think Pittsburgh has got it. I like the veteran ship of Ben Roethlisberger over the uh, immaturity of Baker Mayfield. So I'll take Pittsburgh 28 to 24 in the second game and to round it out for the AFC. I can't believe we're already uh, we're already at the end of this, but for the AFC at least. Don't worry guys, stick around, all right? Cuz we we've got we've got a lot of cover. All right, it's going to be a bunch of fun if you guys haven't already. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a rating. It really does help out a lot. Uh, and it makes me want to pump these things out even more than I already do. So the last matchup is going to be the number four Tennessee Titans, who are 11 and five, taking on the number five Baltimore Ravens, who are also 11 and five. And I will say, I think it is very, very interesting that the Tennessee Titans actually are not favored in this game. Rather, the Baltimore Ravens are favored in this game. I understand Baltimore beat them earlier in the season, 30 to 24. Sorry, no, no, I'm sorry. Tennessee beat them earlier in the season, 30 to 24, which is actually just adding to the puzzlingness to me on why the Ravens are favored uh, over the Titans by four and a half points. I mean, by like one or two, but four and a half, especially away, is rather puzzling to me. Titans did beat the Ravens away. Ravens were the home team and they beat them in overtime. Look, Tennessee's a great team. And honestly, many, many might say, you know, oh, they had a close game against the Texans. Well, let's be real for a second. I know I, I downplayed the Texans a little bit earlier when I was uh, talking about the the um, the Colts game, but the Texans always play well. I know their schedule, their squad, their um, their record is four and twelve. I understand that, but they rarely have dud games where they just don't show up. Normally, on offense at least, they normally put up anywhere over twenty five points, and they are usually in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's just whether they can pull away or not, or if that defense cannot, you know, shoot the bed, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But, you know, I, I think that Tennessee is going to win this game. I really do. The Ravens are a solid team, obviously. Don't get me wrong, but I just think Tennessee right now is the better team. I think they have more momentum than the Ravens do because they faced better teams. Look, the Ravens obviously have probably won more games in a row, but I'll take the Titans 41-38 over the Texans. That Packers game was in the snow. I excuse them uh, from that. They had a convincing win against the Lions, had a, a tough loss against the Browns, and then they beat the Ravens earlier in the year, beat the Colts earlier by m- multiple scores. I'll take the Titans in this one. Uh, I- I'll take them 31-24. That's going to be my final score. Very similar to how the first 
matchup between these two teams win. But yeah, I'll take the Titans in this one. I, I think Derrick Henry will run very well against this Ravens team. But I'm going to be honest, maybe it's a little bit of a hot take. I think that D- Derrick Henry's rushing stats to be under 100 rushing yards, maybe un- under 110. He might just crack 100, but they're going to try to give him the ball. He will get over 20, possibly 25 carries. There's no doubt about that. But I feel like this game is going to be decided by the throwing uh, skill of Ryan Dano. I think that the Tannehill-AJ Brown connection is going to work well. Personally, I think A.J. Brown will win that matchup against Marlon Humphrey. I think A.J. Brown is an extremely skilled receiver. Had 10 catches for over 150 yards and a touchdown yesterday versus the Texans uh, secondary. Look, Titans are the better team, in my opinion. I don't really have too much to really add to that. Um, But then again, we are going to now move on to the NFC. Your standings. Follow like this. The number one team is the Green Bay Packers, sitting at 13-3. and three. Number two, so they, they get the bye week. Number two, first match of the day, is the New Orleans Saints, who are 12 and 4, versus the 8-8 eight and eight Chicago Bears. The 7th seed just snuck in. Even with a loss, they snuck in because the Rams were able to beat the Cardinals. Speaking of the Rams, we have the number three, 12-4 Seattle Seahawks, versus the number six, 10-6, L.A. Rams, and then to round it out, we have the surprisingly number four Washington football team who stands at seven and nine versus the 11 and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh boy, let's go. Surprisingly though, this may come as a surprise to some people, the Washington and Tampa game isn't the biggest opening line margin out of the three matchups. The opening line for that game is seven and a half bucks by seven and a half. The largest one is Saints by eight and a half over the Chicago Bears. And I'm going to start off with that game. The over-under set at 48. I find that extremely, extremely interesting because personally, I don't think the Bears are that bad of a team. I, You guys know by now, I am not the biggest believer in the world of the Green Bay Packers. You guys, obviously, you know this, okay? I think they're a good team. I think they can make a run, but if I had my money on any team, I'd pick either the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints, or the Seattle Seahawks. They'd probably be, I might put them over Seattle, but I would not put them over Tampa Bay, and I would not put them over New Orleans, and I stand by that. Honestly, I I do. New Orleans is the most complete team in the playoffs. You can quote me on that right now. The tailgate, Michael said that they are the most complete team in the playoffs, and I stand by that. New Orleans, fantastic football team. Has a great offensive line, a great secondary, an even better pass rush. When Michael Thomas is healthy, you get arguably a top five receiver in the NFL. They have a very powerful run game. Latavius Murray, a very underrated backup in the NFL. You add in Alvin Kamara as a starter, and that's a great run game. So I think their entire team is fantastic. Look, I, I, I think the Saints will win. Anyway, yeah, I I got the Saints winning this one. I, I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna take the Saints in, in a relatively low scoring game. I don't see them running away with this. I think Chicago will clamp up on defense. I've got them 28 to, I'll I'll say 20, 20 to 17. So I guess I have them covering in this one, uh, for sure. But personally, Chicago's not a bad team. Chicago's a fantastic football team. They really have been trending in the right direction. They had a close competitive game against the Packers uh, uh, yesterday. Um, but yeah, I'm actually I'm gonna pull up their. Um, let's let's see where 
Where do they rank over the last four weeks in scoring offense? Because I think, pretty sure, it is top five in the NFL. It, it's uh, it's it's number eight, and that's including the game they had against the Packers. But if you take that game out of it, they're a top five team on offense over the last few weeks. They put up 41 against the Jags, 33 against the Vikings, 36 against the Texans, and 30 against the Lions. Granted, none of those defenses are very good. Those are actually some of the worst defenses in the NFL, which is why I think they were... Honestly, they're, they're gaining a lot of hype as of recently. Like They're getting a lot of hype. And, and personally, I don't understand... Some of it, because like I just said, they've had some very easy matchups. I mean, Jags, Vikings, Texans, Lions, all four of those teams land in the bottom eight in opposing points per game. They're, they're not good. Um, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna read them off right now just to, guy, just to give you guys. Um, Detroit is last. Jacksonville is second to last. Minnesota is fourth to last. And Houston is sixth to last. So, yeah, so all of them fall within the bottom six, two of them in the bottom three. I mean... Bad defenses. It's kind of like everybody is saying, oh, David Montgomery is a top 10 running back now because he's been playing. Well, yeah, he's been playing well, but it, again, it's against really bad defenses. <laughs> and personally, I don't think David Montgomery is a top 10 running back. I think he's just been lighting up bad defenses. And honestly, we have seen a bunch of bad running backs light up bad defense, or sorry, good running backs, average running backs, lighting up bad defenses this entire game. I mean, look, if you look at his games, before facing a bad run defense, they were not that good. I mean, 14 carries for 30 yards, 21 for 89. I mean, that's fine, but I feel like if you're getting over 20 carries, you should be getting over 95 to 100 rushing yards. 14 for 48, 19 for 58, 10 for 29, 10 for 27, 14 for 45. I mean, those five games I just listed in a row, all less than 3.5 yards per carry. And those are against some solid run defenses. Those are against... The, the Rams, the Carolina Panthers, who are okay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Indianapolis Colts, and even the Atlanta Falcons, who have a solid run defense. But, look, you should not be running for 45 rushing yards against Atlanta's run defense. But then, when you face Jacksonville, Minnesota, Houston, and Detroit, yeah, you run for a bunch of rushing yards. And he only ran for 3.1 yards per carry against Green Bay last night, which is why I, I think even less um, of why this team should be uh, sorry, of why David Montgomery should be regarded as a top 10 running back. I mean, again, we have seen a bunch of running backs this year completely just run rampant uh, on bad defenses. But look, I, I can pull up right now. I I'm probably beating a dead horse right now. Bear with me for a second. But I'm going to look up the worst rushing defense in the NFL. And I'm going to find a, 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 a running back who probably ran rampant on them who you wouldn't think. So let's say, let's look at Houston's schedule. Houston technically has the worst run defense. They give 160 rushing yards per game. So let's say. So, and this is a great example because I'm pretty sure um, Dave Montgomery ran rampant on this defense. Let's, let's say. Let's say. Um, D, uh, Damian Harris ran for a touchdown in this one. Nick Chubb ran for 126 rushing yards. Again, but again, it's a fantastic running back. Jonathan Taylor ran for 100 rushing yards. Uh, he ran for 100 rushing yards twice. Sorry. Let's see. Bengals. So, oh, perfect example. All right, here, here is the example of the night. Samaj Pirine on 13 carries. 13 carries. 
ran for 95 yards and two touchdowns for 7.3 yards per carry. This is my exact example. That's the perfect example. Worst run defense in the NFL. You can even take, for example, Dallas, another defense he faced. Jacksonville, another defense he faced. Cincinnati is another defense he faced. And Detroit is another defense he faced twice. So is Minnesota. No, obviously, those are the bottom six defenses in the NFL, all giving up over 130 rushing yards per game. Obviously, he is going to have phenomenal games against those running backs. That That's an obvious statement because I just read Samaj P. Ryan. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He ran for 95 rushing yards, almost 100 rushing yards, on 13 carries for over 7 yards per carry and 2 touchdowns. This is exactly, exactly what I'm talking about and why Dave Montgomery is not a top 10 running back in the NFL. But again... I don't want I don't want to get too far off on a tangent or even further off on a tangent than I already have. I think that the New Orleans Saints will beat the Bears this week. Uh, especially D- Dave Montgomery going up against a tough rush defense. I'm excited to see how he plays because Saints rank fourth in the NFL in opponent rushing yards per game, giving up less than 94 rushing yards a game. We'll have to see how he does though. So next game we got the Seattle Seahawks versus the LA Rams. LA was in jeopardy of potentially not making the playoffs if the Bears and Cardinals both won. But they're in at number six. And I got Seattle on this one. It's tough not to pick them. They're a hot team right now, playing well. Russell Wilson is cooking once again. That run game is getting better. The defense trending in the right direction. Absolutely trending in the right direction. Uh, they're, one actually, they're actually one of the top defenses in the NFL. They gave up only 23 points to the Niners, 9 to the Rams the week before that, 15 to the Washington football team, and 3 to the Jets before that, along with 17 to the Giants, 17 to the Eagles. I could list them off if you want me to, but look, they've only allowed the most points they've allowed in the last got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 weeks is 23 points, and they've had some pretty good offenses they faced. You got the Rams twice, you got the Cardinals, you got the Washington football team, I guess, uh, 49ers. Giants were hot at one point. Like You limit those offenses to low points, and yeah, you're, I, I regard you as a solid offense in the NFL. So yeah, I think they're going to roll, especially if that offense is playing even better. Um, the defense just retains how they've been playing recently. I'll take Seattle on this one over the Rams. We don't know how good Jared Goff has been playing, and, and people are... Finally starting to admit that L.A. has been declining over the last few weeks. So, yeah, I'll definitely take the Seahawks in this one. Lastly, though, in the NFC, and we're going to round up the podcast after this one, we've got the number four Washington football team versus the number five Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Tampa Bay coming in at 11-5, Washington coming in at 7-9, yet Washington has the home game. So, like I said earlier, the Bucs only feared by 7.5 in this one, which I think is extremely interesting given how, like, I think the Bucs are far and away the better team. Again, I might be biased. You guys know they are my Super Bowl pick. Uh, I don't know if that makes me biased or just confident. I don't know, but because I'm not, I'm not even a Bucks fan. But anyway, yeah, I, I don't really know how else I'd say. I think the Bucks have a better offensive line, better defense, better coach, better offense, better, better everything, more explosive. They're, they're they're a full package. They really are. Washington only won yesterday because Doug Peterson pulled his potential franchise quarterback out for the third string quarterback in pure Doug Peterson fashion. <laughs> um, I'll take Tampa Bay in this one. I don't really know what else I have to say. I think they're going to run very well uh, against this team. I think Rojo is going to get something going. I have a feeling I, I, I've i got him going over 75 rushing yards, but I think the over-under, the prop bet is set out right now. I think he'll go over 75 rushing yards. I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this one 31-10. They're going to they're gonna destroy this team. I really do. This team has not been in the playoffs. I don't trust them yet. I trust Tom Brady in January. I mean, this is 
this is this is Tom Brady's time. He said in, a, in an Instagram video, this is when the season starts. And I completely agree with him. He's starting to completely lighten it up. Did anybody see uh, Antonio Brown's game that he had yesterday? I mean, they've put up over 44 points in back-to-back weeks. I mean, this team is rolling. This team is absolutely rolling. They're the hottest offense in the NFL over the last three weeks. And it's I don't even think it's close. I'm going to look it up right now, but I don't even think it's close over the last three weeks. And that's including a 26-point game, which for them is very pedestrian. Uh, actually, they're number two to the, to the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so I kind of look like an idiot right there. But they're averaging 41 points per game. Buffalo, like I said, is the hottest team in the NFL, averaging 47 points per game. Um, Antonio Brown had 11 catches for 138 yards and two touchdowns. He's back. Like, Antonio Brown is back. He is going to be a number one receiver, whether he is on Tampa Bay, whether he is on the Patriots again, whether he's on Pittsburgh again, for crying out loud. Whoever he's on, he is going to be a number one receiver once again. That was his coming back game. 11 catches on 14 targets. I mean, this guy was insane. Chris Godwin got two touchdowns himself, going over 150 yards. Very happy for Mike Evans. He did get knocked out, which is a very, very concerning injury for this team. I mean, he's their red zone threat. He's their guy you throw jump balls to, along with Gronk. Look, he's their guy. Um, I'm, I'm looking up right now on Twitter what the thoughts he might play this week. Wow. Okay, so there is some. He's hoping to practice for the Buccaneers on Thursday. All right, so that's the that's the current word as of Monday, January 4th on Mike Evans' injury. We'll have to see. We're going to monitor that throughout the week. Um, but, yeah, right now I'm going to assume he plays, and if he does, I'll take the Bucks by even more against the Washington football team. They're going to roll, and honestly – the Bucks having those last four games, I, I said it in a, in a TikTok, of, like a, a, I'd say two weeks ago, their last four games were against the Vikings, Falcons, Lions, and Falcons. They're going to be the hottest team in the NFL going into the playoffs. And they are the, they're the, they're the second hottest team going into the playoffs to the Buffalo Bills. I can, you know, I can tell the truth when <laughs> I see the truth. But they're the second highest team going into the NFL, going to the playoffs, sorry. And when they beat this Washington team by over 20 and they're going into the divisional and they're facing, I'm assuming they're going to end up facing the Packers, a team they already beat. And Tom Brady does not lose to a team a lot after they beat him. He just doesn't. That's not something that Tom Brady does. If he faces the Packers again and he cannot gout the Packers in the second round and all, all he would have to face in the third round is either Seattle or the Saints, when you have that much momentum, winning seven straight, you're feeling good. One of the best wide receivers of this generation is getting hot. Your defense is clicking on all cylinders. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. That might sound crazy to a lot of people. I understand. But I'm going to take Tampa Bay in that situation. They are a hot football team right now. And if you win three straight in the playoffs, you're going to be even hotter. And that's why I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning. And I, you can make the argument, oh, well, the Saints would have won three in a row. Seattle would have won three in a row. I know. I'm not an idiot. I understand how that works. I'm just saying. When you're a team like Tampa Bay, who I can even admit struggles with inconsistency, when you're a team like Tampa Bay, who has that much momentum, it's tough to lose. It really is. We saw it last year with Tennessee. The only reason they lost is because Patrick Mahomes is not human. That's the only reason he lost. And, and honestly, they were up by what? 10? 13 at, at halftime, I think it was. So, and, and it's just even more reason why Patrick Mahomes is uh, not human because uh, Houston was up 24 the week before that. 
Houston Texans, the team that went, you know, 4-12 and this year, they were up 24 to the Chiefs last year. Chiefs came back and won. He's not human. I'll take Tom Brady. All day, every day. Six times Super Bowl winner, nine appearances. Call me a biased Patriots fan. I'm just mourning for Tom Brady to play well, but fine. You can do that all you want, but the facts are the facts. He is the best cold arm in the NFL. People are, oh, gotta go to Lambeau. <laughs> are you kidding me? How about Foxborough? 28 degrees. Now, he doesn't have to play in Tampa Bay. He has to play in the cold. That's what Tom Brady does. He's good in the cold. I know I'm going off a little bit of a tangent, but... Look, Mike Evans is listed as day-to-day. After that injury... I'm excited. I'm excited for this team. I've got the box in it. But ladies and gentlemen, that... Right there. That is going to wrap up this edition of the Tailgate Podcast. Again, I appreciate all of you for sticking around all the way to the end. It means a lot. It really does. Uh, if you de- if you have, if you stuck around for all, I don't even know how long it's been. I'm guessing around a half an hour, I'm guessing. If you stuck around for this long, then you must want to at least check out the TikTok or the Instagram or the Twitter or the YouTube or my other podcast or whatever it is. All of that will be linked down below. I mean, come on. If you're here for this long, then you got to want it, right? That's what I'm thinking. So go do all that. Uh, but yeah, this is going to do it for this edition of the Tailgate Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Michael Quattromani, and I will see you guys next time. Peace.